high assholes. I'm so sorry. It's been like a month and I feel really bad. I've neglected you and uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. Okay, moving on then. Welcome back. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. Let's do a quick pregnancy update. Uh, Sarah is like 80 something days away from delivery. And uh, my, my wife and my young child are in Victoria right now. So I am currently home alone. Woo! Partay! Partay! Down! That's what the kids are saying. Uh, let, let me just go through what that feels like. Initially, before they left, I had a mental countdown, man. I was just like, fuck, I cannot <laughs> fucking wait until they're gone. Because, you know, kids are fucking annoying sometimes. And pregnant women can be interesting at other, you know, they're pregnant. And I'm sure when I was pregnant, I was very interesting as well. Uh, one, one thing I want to talk to you about is, uh, we were telling Malcolm, cause like, I know my kid's going to freak out when that kid's born. Like, I think he likes the idea of the baby as long as it's confined to Sarah's stomach. But once that, that baby gets out and grandma and grandpa have someone else to be paying attention to. My kid's going to freak the fuck out because he's an only child. He's the only real, like, little kid in our family, our entire family. So it's going to be an adjustment. So we're trying to, we were trying to explain to him that, oh, the baby has ears inside now. The baby can hear you. And he's like, oh. And uh, up until this point, Sarah and I knew, of course, that the baby could hear. So I like to basically sing and whistle into her vagina. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's so terrible to laugh at your own jokes. But like I'll lean right into her labia and then I'll whistle or I'll sing the Golden Girls theme every time. This is how I know this child is mine. Every time I sing the Golden Girls theme, it kicks up a fucking storm. And I'm beaming with pride over it. I'm just so proud. Yada, yada. So we're talking to Malcolm and explaining... Uh, how the baby can hear and the baby has ears and sound will travel from our mouths into the, into the womb to the baby. I said, would you like to sing the baby a song? And he just looked at me like just mind blown eyes bugged out. He said, yes. Said, okay. What do you want to sing? Hmm. You are my sunshine. And I said, okay. So he gets really close to Sarah's belly and he starts singing. Whew. And Sarah and I just look at each other and we're both like welling up with tears. We're both weeping openly because it was so fucking sweet. It was just adorable. I really hope he doesn't try to strangle that child when it's born out of jealousy. That's what I'm hoping for. That's what I'm shooting for. So that was cute. And that's really what you missed so far. Um, anyway, fuck. I just go off on these stupid tangents that make no sense. But that's what I felt like I had to share at this point. So having said that, having said that, I was amped up for them to leave. I thought, fuck, I haven't been alone since ugh, before Malcolm was born. Like at least four years. It's been since I, I've been completely alone. <laughs> like at any fucking time for more than two hours. So I was really excited for them to leave. Except for the fact that I realized that I'm my mother. And the product of my mother's mothering. So here's what I thought I was going to feel like when they left. 
Now here's what I actually felt like when they left. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! I'm so scared! Right? I think that's pretty self-explanatory there. I feel like I dropped them off and I'm trying not to cry. And uh, my kid couldn't wait to get the fuck away from me. And Sarah was a little emotional because she's pregnant and uh, I'm fucking adorable and impossible to be without. As you all know, this month was really long for all of us, wasn't it? Totally. Uh, and plus, you know, I, I'm in a sense the only real one on vacation. Like, sure, I'm working every day, but she's with a kid every day, which is so much harder than actual like physical labor, I think. Uh, so that's probably probably really why she was a little misty-eyed and not because she's pregnant and not because I am fucking adorable. Although, you know, you, I do make a strong case for adorability. So I drop them off. I get into my car and I start driving. And I've been listening to a lot of true, true crime shit, like a lot of podcasts about true crime and murder and people getting like, uh, you know, their throat slashed in their houses and getting raped and trying to find the murder. Like, holy fuck. I, I don't know. Something's, something's happened here. I, I turned, I've turned a corner and now I'm like Little Miss Dateline, which I, I feel like the only thing I need to complete my look as far as my Dateline obsession is um, a kitty cat sweatshirt with a collared lacy shirt under, kind of Judge Julie, Judy, Judge Judy, Julie, Judy, Judy, Judge Judy wears like that. That's all I need to complete my look. That's where I'm at right now. So I get in the car and then I start driving home. Start the car! Start the car! It's a little Canadian accent for you. And uh, yeah, I head on home and I feel a lot of anxiety. I feel like there's a weight on my chest. I'm worried. What if the plane goes down? What if something terrible happens to them and they can't? Like, I just, it, it hurt me. I felt really sick, like nauseous sick. So I get home and I'm like, oh, fuck. And then she texts me, oh, okay, they're, they're on the plane. She'll text when she lands in Vancouver because they're off to Victoria. And I thought, okay, fine, great, super. So I try to sleep. It's not fucking happening. It's just not going to happen. I'm just too wound up, too antsy. So I did what I think anyone would do in my, in my situation. I took that anxiety and instead of just letting it churn in my belly, I decided to do something useful. So I head to Home Depot and I rent a steam cleaner. So long story short, I took that steam cleaner, I came home, I scrubbed down all the stairs, and then I took it to my mom's house. I cleaned her entire house, all the carpets. And remember that time I broke my fucking shoulder? Do you remember when I fell and broke my shoulder? It's an episode called Greatest Tubercle, and it's one of those shows that I feel was pretty good. Like, I don't like to toot my own horn. Some of these shows are fucking terrible, okay? They're just boring and nonsensical and rambly but I feel like that episode was one of the better ones I've ever done and it's one of the least downloaded and I don't understand I don't understand it's it's great greatest tubercle you should really go and listen to it it's the story about how I broke my shoulder and it's pretty good it's okay maybe you like it uh right okie doke so anyway, it turns out the motion of scrubbing with the fucking handheld device and the big steam cleaner really made my shoulder burn a lot because I guess, you know, it's always just going to fucking hurt is my assumption. Yeah. So I did I did a lot of things that day. I, I steam cleaned my 
car. I did the steps at my house. I did my mom's entire house, including the steps. I worked so hard, Cinderella did. Cinderella worked real hard, real, real hard, that I broke the hose that was attached to the uh, upholstery scrubber thing. This is fascinating, isn't it? You're welcome. You're welcome. I should have taken another week off, right? This is fucking awful. <sighs> okay. Let's play, uh, let's play a segment here. I think we need some, some break from the monotony. That monotony being me. Please hold. Wait, don't hold. I just want to recap with you guys, because the last episode I did was called Right in the... Remember our friend Britt? Britt? She sent in one of the most... No, the most amazing segment and simultaneously the most horrific, traumatizing segment I've ever heard in the history of podcasting anywhere. So a quick little recap in case you don't remember. I don't know how you could forget because I sure as hell haven't. Every, every day at penis o'clock at dildo 30, this segment comes back to me full force and it's, it's a burden. You know, it's a very enjoyable, uh, funny segment, but it, it burns. It's, I'm burning inside. My brain is burning. It's just a lot of smoke. Whew, and where there's smoke, there's fire, if you know what I mean. So just to recap, Brit's segment, uh, she's snooping around her parents' room for God only knows what reason, looking for things she did not want to find. She was in there for cigarettes, but she found much more. So she whips out this really weird dildo, and then her terrible, terrible, disgusting friend took that dildo and put it in her mouth. Okay, and I made reference to perhaps it being her dad's dildo. And uh, I don't really know exactly what Britt had to say because I haven't listened to the segment yet. But the email was entitled uh, Stepdad's Dildo. So let's, let's find out what that's all about, shall we? Okay, please hold. <coughs> hey, Sandra. Um, I... <laughs> I just uh, listened to that episode again because it's fucking hilarious and because I wanted to make sure that I remembered all the really good points you made and talked about them. <clears throat> so, if, if my mom knew that I went through her stuff, she never said anything. And I've told my mom a lot of things that I've done that she didn't know about. But that story is probably one that I'm never going to tell her because as you said, I don't want to know if that was her husband's dildo, which would have been my stepdad, which is worse in my opinion than if it would have been my real dad. Which, okay, uh, brings me to this night. Okay, shortly after that incident happened, I had some friends staying over and we were out running around and hanging out with people and I had a curfew of 11. Um, well, we, we ended up showing back up at my house a little bit before curfew, like it was probably like an hour or so. And, uh, ah. Uh, pretty sure we heard my mom and stepdad having sex and I'm pretty sure we heard him 
yell out something like, oh yes, fuck me, fuck me harder. And I don't think normally guys say that. I could be wrong, but I don't think normally that's what they say. So it is entirely possible that my mom does or did fuck my stepdad with the dildo. But my hope is uh, the the dildo that was in my mouth was slightly larger and wider than the other one. So hopefully maybe he only liked the little one is is what I'm thinking and 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 yeah but I uh I don't I don't I don't know I don't want to think about that really so thank you for bringing that up uh and uh as far as what's wrong with my friend he's a dude and that's pretty much the only explanation that I have but Oh, yeah, I'm gonna leave it there. That's it. I, like, I, we we don't ever have to talk about this again. Um, but I wanted to tell you um, about the my plane ride. Hawaii was awesome, but the plane ride, I couldn't get to a doctor or get drugs. But uh, I decided I was just going to get super super wasted the night before and try and be as drunk as I could to where they would still let me on the plane, but maybe that I would pass out. So on the way to Hawaii, it was a 10-hour flight from Atlanta to Honolulu, 10 hours. And I could not sleep at all. Like, my seat was broke, it wouldn't lean back, and I was in the eye hole, so I kept getting my elbow and my leg hit by those fucking drink carts. And, okay, I'm a smoker. I smoke cigarettes. But in the bathrooms, like, you're not supposed to smoke on a plane. But in the bathrooms, there's still fucking ashtrays on the doors. And it's like, why do you have a fucking ashtray if I can't fucking smoke a cigarette? And I basically almost lost my mind. And the chick I was sitting next to fucking hated my guts. And she slept for, like, five hours. Which pissed me off (sighs) but the plane ride back I was really really drunk it was only eight hours and I slept the whole fucking time so (sighs) it was frustrating but that's that that's how my plane ride went so it wasn't too bad but next time yes I will get some drugs and take them and drink beer and just go to sleep it's a great idea so Okay, I'm done. I will talk to you later. Bye. Goodness gracious. All right, Britt. You know, I've I've come to the realization that everyone on a plane, except for whoever you happen to be, whether it's you or it's me or it's you, is a cunt. Everyone else is a fucking cunt. For example, when we were flying to France, uh, I had just heavily drugged my kid and... It was about mm, 11 o'clock midnight, uh, our, our time. And some guy took out an electric razor and proceeded to shave his entire face for, I'm going to guess, like 
roughly three, three and a half minutes? Like at midnight you gotta shave, you fucking hairy Frenchman? Really? You couldn't let that go a few more hours? Till like, I don't know, fucking daytime? Asshole? the fuck is wrong with people? It was like, <laughs> like, and that's been, I think six seconds. So like, could you imagine the rage and you're stuck on this fucking plane with like 200 fucking people and there's no way out. Okay. So here's what my notes are. Um, hear them banging. Fuck me harder. Question mark. Let's, I don't know a scenario where a man would say, fuck me harder, unless he's getting pegged in the ass. Like, I don't know a lot about heterosexual sex. Like, I don't know anything about heterosexual sex, except for what I've seen in porn. And I don't, I can't recall a pornographic situation where a man has said, fuck me harder, unless something was going in his ass. But let's just, okay. So moving on from there, uh, the next thing I wrote down was the best case scenario it was your mom's dildo that went in your mouth. That may be the single weirdest fucking sentence I have ever had the distinct pleasure of saying. Like, that's the, that is the best case scenario for you. Uh, I don't know if you can hear my smile in my voice, but uh, <laughs> this whole thing is fucking like... <laughs> Goodness gracious. And the reason they have ashtrays on planes is to torture you. You gotta get a patch. Get yourself a fucking patch, slap it on your arm, you'll be fine. You'll be absolutely fine. Uh, okay, I just wanted to talk to you about 150,000 more things. Uh, by the way, my kid is having a great time in Victoria. He doesn't really wanna talk to me, and uh, I think he'd be fine if he never ever saw me again. But he did inform me that the Easter Bunny goes to Victoria first, and then he'll be coming to Winnipeg. So I've got to get my shit together and get some kind of fucking chocolate for the little asshole. Okay. Oh, just so that you know, Max the dog, the very expensive dog, uh, just went to the vet. He got his shots. He's all up to date. Everything's great. And the best news of all is he doesn't need a cleaning right now. And he doesn't need to have any teeth removed. So I feel like I've won the fucking lottery because I don't remember if I told you the last time he got his canines pulled out, the top canines uh, pulled out. They said the bottom ones, it could potentially break his jaw by accident because fucking Yorkies are like a foo-foo uh, toy breed. Like basically if you screamed in his ear, you'd kill him. You know, that kind of, that kind of dog. So, I mean, I'm really happy because I do not, I do not have like 13 or 14 or $1,500 to spend on, on getting his teeth pulled. I just don't, not to mention, you know, his discomfort and my trying to breastfeed him through the situation is just pretty harsh. But I did, it did come to my attention that they have two different flavors of dog toothpaste, two, two flavors of dog toothpaste. So one of them is malt and one of them is chicken. And I feel that the only, the only flavor they should really have is period. Because there's something about dogs and menstrual blood that uh, it's, like, it's like us and peanut butter and chocolate. I, they just, they're just gross for it. And uh, in my opinion, they, they should, the, only, the only flavor they should have should be period. I don't know how you feel about that. 
that we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna file that joke under not funny, uh, unsuccessful. Let's just just gonna write down unsuccessful. Uh, rebrand, so we can try that again. Okie doke. Uh, up next we have Rose, and Rose, has, she sent me a segment entitled 30 Year Plan. I'm not entirely sure what it says, but I know she gives advice on what I should do with my time alone. And uh, before we go to Rose, we have a listener named Vicky from Florida. If you've heard me talk about the Lesbian Lounge, I don't know, 800,000 fucking times, Vicky was the producer on that show, and I've listened to that show for years, years and years and years and years. And I personally felt that Vicky should have got way more showtime because she's quippy and she's funny and she's uh, really nice and um, for some reason has taken a shine to me and I don't really know why. I don't feel as though I deserve it whatsoever. But Vicky has gotten a new car and she uh, she's let me know that and she's, um, I don't know if excited is the right word to hear my voice on the new Bose speakers. But, but Vicky, this one's for you. <clears throat> Hi, Vicky. I hear you like really chubby Canadian girls with one eyebrow. We like you too. How does this sound, Vicky? Does it sound good? Real good? I can't, I'd never, I'd be the worst, the worst, uh, one <clears throat> hundred number. I'd be paying you to, to call me because I'd be lonely. Okay, well, Vicky, I love you. Thank you so much. You're such a fucking adorable asshole. It's, it's good to have you aboard, Vic Vic. Okay, let's hear from Rose, and then I think uh, we're going to shut her down, if you know what I mean. And by shut her down, I mean I'm going to finish this up and sit down with some cheesies. And I'm going to watch The People versus O.J. Simpson with my girlfriend, Sarah Paulson. Oh my God, is that a good show? Sarah, fuck, I fucking hate that Sarah and I never watch the same show. The only show we ever watch together is My Kitchen Rules, which is like a cooking competition for the average everyday Joe cook asshole at home. Like they're just home cooks and they go and compete for like, I can't remember, $100,000 or $200,000 or something. It's an Australian show and I just, we love it. It's the only thing that we watch together. Everything else, like she only wants to watch fucking British period piece shows that make me want to put a gun in my mouth because I can't, I can't stand it. I just, I can't stand the shows she watched. Like I've never, I've never been into Downton Abbey. She's in love with it. Um, the midwives show, she watched that. There's just a lot of brooding and, uh, accents. And I just like, I can't, you know, I can't. So we started watching, oh, we can watch American Horror Story together. That's the only other thing I shouldn't, I shouldn't lie. So, we started watching the people versus OJ Simpson. And it was like, to me, it was super interesting because that all happened when I was like 15, I think. And I distinctly remember watching it. I distinctly remember the whole case, like maybe not every single detail. Cause I smoked a lot of pot back then, but I remember it. And it was so cool because the TV show is really about the people, um, the lawyers. It's not necessarily really about OJ at all. It's kind of just like how they, how everything went down from their perspective. I don't know how much of it is true, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a very good show. And the episode I lost her on, she watched the first one with me, and then the, it was the O.J. Bronco thing. She's like, fuck, this is boring. And I thought, holy shit, I swear to God, I've watched Downton Abbey, and, and Sarah freaks out when someone says bastard. Like that, whoo, entertainment. Good gracious. 
But fucking OJ, motherfucking, I killed two people. Simpson is in the back of a Ford Bronco and they've cleared the entire freeway with him for him because he's got a gun like against his head. That's not very exciting to you. You're right. Coolots though. Trayvon. Fuck. Anyway, it came up in discussion when Sarah and her mom and I were kind of sitting around knitting. Yeah, right. Uh, we're just chit-chatting or whatever. And we started to talk about the OJ thing. And she said, you know, that OJ Simpson, they, they tried to frame him. And I was like, you could hear like a record screech. I was like, what? What the, f uh, what the fuck? Like in my brain, I'm like, you have got to be fucking kidding me. She's like, yeah, you know, they, they took, they took his blood sample and sprayed it all over the scene of the crime. And I thought like, I don't know what my face said, a lot of times I think I have a stone face, but no, it is written all over my face, how I think and what I'm feeling. Cause I don't know how to stop it. I don't know how to have a stone face. I don't have a poker face. I have a confused face. I have a, your bug shit crazy face. And I have an angry face. And sometimes all three of them show up at one time. But when she said that to me, I thought, okay, I'm like, so you think he's innocent? And she said, yes, I think he's innocent. And Sarah's mom is no fool, okay? She's not a stupid woman. She is not at all. She's very, very smart. She can even do crossword puzzles. Like, that is very smart. I Sometimes I look at her answers and I look at the question and I think, if someone offered me a million dollars to do a crossword, I'd never be able to fucking do it. I, I could barely do a word search. That's, that's as smart as I get. But I, I'm just looking at her and I thought, fuck, you are the only white person in fucking North America that thinks OJ is innocent. Like quite literally the only white person on this entire fucking continent that thinks he's innocent. I don't, I just do not understand it. I just don't understand it. All like they had, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. I just thought it was funny that she thought he was not guilty, but uh, you should watch that show. My girlfriend, Sarah Paulson is amazing in it. She's such a good actress. I don't know why she's dating that 72 year old woman, the mom from, uh, Arrested Development. That's who she's fucking. That's whose wrinkly translucent legs are wrapped around her head every night is, is the mom. Ugh. Like I, sometimes I lay in bed at night and I think about it and I wonder like, like what is she She's just eye to eye with a fucking 72-year-old deflated labia, dry, crusty vagina. Like, she looks up at that. She's, she's not even up at it. She's eye to eye with that beast. Like, what happens to a vagina at 70? I'd imagine your lips just go... Pfft. Oh, well, to each his own. I just... If Sarah Paulson, if you're out there and you're listening, I mean... I don't, well, actually, I don't really have anything to offer you. I'm just in love with you. That's it. Okay, end of story. All right, fuck. For someone who has nothing to say, I sure had a lot to say. Okay, let's listen to Rose, and then uh, I'll be back after Rose so we can talk about um, various things and stuff. Okay, thanks. Please hold. Hey, everybody. It's me, Rose. And <clears throat> excuse me while I uh, clear the imaginary flavors of Vagisil, lube, and latex from my throat. Uh, thanks a lot for that, Britt. I just thought I would uh, tell you about my day yesterday. 
So um, I met with my psychiatrist for a very profound change in my treatment. Ooh, how does that sound? I met with my psychiatrist. Profound treatment. Um, yeah, yeah, we can talk about that some other time. Um, it's good news, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to be employable. So there's, there's that uh, still financial free fall of terror that I'm in. Um, so anyway, that was that. And after my appointment, I was waiting in the rain for the streetcar. That's right, we have streetcars here in the land that I don't want anybody ever to visit or move to. And so there I was waiting for a streetcar, and uh, there are these two guys talking loudly as, as men are, are wont to do. And one of them said, what, you don't, you, you don't know about Bill Hicks? And the other guy was like, I don't know, uh, mumble, mumble, I couldn't tell. And the, the other guy was like, oh, no, like, he's, like, like, he's, he's the, like, he's, a, he's such a great comedian. Like, he's so great. And I just kind of barged in and was like, yeah, if you say that you're a fan of comedy and you don't fucking know who Bill Hicks is, then you, you don't know shit about comedy and you can't pretend to. Because I'm charming like that. I just will barge in on a conversation that two other middle-aged men are having about something that I care very deeply about and have very many opinions and apparently must share them just on the drop of a dime. But uh, it, I, I guess it wasn't the worst thing because we kind of kept talking the whole time while we were waiting and on the on the streetcar, I mean, on the on the ride, and we were talking about comedy stuff, and I kind of kept insulting them because one of them was visiting Portland and I said, please go away now and don't ever come back. And then the the guy living there mentioned that he had only moved here two years ago. And I was like, thank you. You know that you are hated in this town. All transplants are hated here. And yet they still continued talking with me. And uh, when, they, when they got off the streetcar there before the doors, oh, I should back up a little bit. Also, apparently part of talking with, with people, <sighs> okay, I'll say men. I'll say men because I'm talking about a heteronormative situation. <laughs> Look at me, I'm using terms like heteronormative. It's like you can't just, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't stutter. You can't do that. You can't just like talk and banter and, and, and have fun and talk about something that you both care about without without a man just shoving his dick in it. Like he just, like so much dildos in someone's mouth. Sorry again, Britt, love ya. He, it's just like, at some point, the idiot is gonna flirt and say something like, hey, if you want someone awful in bed, I'm your guy. It's like, no, you don't. I was not thinking about you anywhere near my bed or any bed in general whatsoever. I was making fun of you because you complained that Eugene Merman was rude when you took a selfie with him. You couldn't believe that Eugene Merman wasn't super psyched about it. And I took pleasure in saying, well, that's because he's not an idiot. Selfies are for morons who are selfish and have to feel the need to prove that they've been somewhere rather than just enjoy the experience and maybe talk about it later. So, yeah, despite all of that charming behavior, when they got off the streetcar and saying, like, goodbye, nice to meet you, blah, blah, like, as the, as the doors were, were, before they closed, I could hear the flirty guy say, she was really cool. And then as, as the car drove, you know, like, went, get, rode, I can't talk, rode past 
they were like waving at me and I just did this whole like mock choking myself to death gesture in response. So I'm not really sure what that says. But again, this is this is just a glimpse into a day in the life of Rose. And then when I got home, I went to the pub in my neighborhood. And that's when I saw Doug. And I heard his 30-year plan. And I took warning. Doug is 65 years old. And he lives in the neighborhood. And he's been going to the pub for, I don't know, whatever many fucking years it's been open. I think it's been there at least 15 years. I don't know. I didn't live here then. I'm also a transplant. But he's been going there since they opened. And he goes there every single day. And he gets there about an hour after they open. Like it's his, that's his, that's his thing. That's what Doug does. And Doug is gay. And he celebrates it through constant sexual innuendo. Loud enough for all to enjoy. Um, but they mainly kind of try to ignore it. Even when he's like... He sits, he's, he sits there by himself, like he's kind of holding court, and, and everybody there's a regular, obviously, because that's how bars in the, in the neighborhood works, and, and there's always like some guy going past that he's trying to get the attention of, that I'm sure he's chatted up at some point in the past, and the guy will kind of just barely acknowledge him and, and keep going, so I'm kind of assuming that everybody there gets a full mouthful of his sexual innuendo. Doug also drinks nonstop. As soon as uh, one, as soon as he drains one pint, another one magically automatically appears. Sometimes it's before he's even finished it, because they just know keep him going for Doug. Doug likes to. Doug drinks. Doug drinks. Doug also breaks into dancing when he's sitting there in his chair. Kind of just like he was doing this whole like waving his arms around like jazz hands, like like Liza Minnelli, like like I don't know so many other things that like to do Broadway musicals, and just just waving along and lip syncing with the biggest grin on his face. To, to do run run and just like yeah to do run 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 to do run run like and Doug had another beer so there that was cool and he's just ah uh, it's just it's so weird it's just it's such a weird desperate fucked up weird behavior because like he stopped the conversation in order to do it like okay so that's Doug. Oh my God, my Doug, my my Doug, my cat just took a crap and it stinks. I digress. Should I pause? Sure, why not? Ah, oh, now that the cat box is cleaned, where was I? Oh, I'm pretty sure Doug was probably dancing, singing little to do Ron Ron, probably having another beer. I'm sure he was having a lot of another beer. And uh, so while he's there having another beer, Doug was talking about the happy pills he takes for his depression. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's drinking a beer, talking about antidepressants. And I, I point to that third or fourth pint he's had and mention that booze is a depressant, my friend. And he just kind of kind of looks at me. And I was like, booze is a depressant. You, you're canceling out the meds that you're taking. And you're complaining that they're not working. And you, sir, that, that pint... Is is full of misery right there. That that sir is a that's a depressant. That's that's chemistry. Then he just looked at me and explained that that's why he drinks light beer, because instead of regular beer, 
somehow light beer, I guess, isn't as depressing as regular beer. I don't know. I guess maybe Doug's in denial. Um, Doug also has a broken wrist, and it's in a bright orange cast because he slipped on the stairs at home. And now he's thinking that maybe he should get some, some runners, some carpet runners. But that might make him slip and fall, too. So nope, nope. But he doesn't want to put anything sticky on the wood, because that would just, just be ugly. And he doesn't want that. And even if he'd slipped on the carpet, he still probably would have hurt himself. So he just doesn't know what he's going to do about that. But he can have another beer. And Doug just turned 65, and uh, that's given him a lot to think about, which I, I learned. He's, uh, he's feeling really, really good about himself. He owns his own home. He's retired with a good income. And uh, he did that. He pointed. This is what, what he did. He points to someone sitting at the bar. His back is turned, turned to us. And Doug says, see that guy over there with the, with the glasses? And I can't really see because his back is to me. So it's like, I see his back. And Doug's like, well, he's, he's only 56. And he looks so much older than, than me. So, so I, I know I'm doing better than him. And then when that person, that guy with the glasses, gets up to go to the bathroom, I see who he's talking about. And I explain to Doug that, that yes, Hector... That that guy does look a little rough for his age, but it's probably because he's going through more cancer treatments because Hector has cancer. Sometimes it doesn't make you look so pretty, Doug. But have, a, have another beer. So uh, then Doug starts complaining about uh, he's only sleeping two hours at a time before he urgently feels the need to get up and, and pee. And that pee is only a dribble. Poor little Doug. His pee is only a dribble. And he knows that if he's peeing in a dream, he needs to wake himself up and out of it. Because, well, he's had to sleep with rubber sheets since he was 60s. <laughs> I sound so mean laughing, but goddamn, what an asshole. Sorry. Doug. Doug is excited about turning 65 because he has plans for the next 30 years. Doug has plans. Doug has plans. Um, I know I'm rambling, but I'm just enjoying myself, so let's go with it. Um, Doug's gotten a food sorter for the giant freezer, so now he can label and organize all of his food. There will be no more mystery containers of food that explode upon impact. I'm not sure why that was happening, but this is part of Doug's 30-year master plan. It's getting that goddamn food organized and labeled and put dates on it. So every time he stocks up at Costco, he knows what he's getting. Because Doug is a single man and obviously must have a lot of food needs at Costco. Um, he's really also going to get that garden of his in gear this year. Are we enjoying Doug's 30-year plan? I sure am. Oh, my God, I'm going to start laughing. I'm sorry. Not because it's funny, just <sighs> people. People, God damn it. He's really going to get that gardening gear this year. He really is, and I'm laughing about it because I heard him say this last year, and I'm laughing about it because of every single fucking thing that I've said I'm going to do every single year and have not done, and so it's easier to point at somebody else doing that and to learn from it. So anyway, Doug's really going to get that. <laughs> Doug's really good. <laughs> God, I can't do it. 
Doug is really going to get that garden in gear this year. He's also going to start shredding documents. And yeah, I'm turning pages here. Like these are notes that I've made about Doug's 30-year plan because it's, <laughs> it's that important to me. Doug is also really super excited about all the good that he's going to do for the world for this next 30 years. He kept repeating the fact that it's going to be another 30 years. Like, he's super excited to live until 95. And why wouldn't he be What with all that food sorting he's going to be able to do and, and that garden that he can't really grow tomatoes in, maybe some romas, but he's not sure. And then there's the roses that need to be cleared. And, okay. He's really going to, Doug's going to get that garden gear this year. But the other thing that he's excited, like I said, doing good in the world, he's, uh, he's going to keep dumping, I mean, giving away his, his books in German to the local university. That's right. He's, he's American, I think first generation American, um, but he reads in fluent German and travels there a lot. And like, he's really into his German heritage. He's really frighteningly into his German heritage, frighteningly so. And, and so he has a massive library of books in German because he'll just read mysteries in German just because he can. And he somehow thinks that the local university would love to have those books for their German program. Which, you know, maybe when Doug was in college, that, that would have been exciting. But we have the internet. So we have the internet. Um, the other thing that Doug's going to do for the sake of uh, doing good, putting good out into the world. That was another big gesture. He kept pushing his hands out. He's, gonna, he's putting good out into the world. Um, he's got a, a lot of valuable family antiques that he's... Uh, going to take pictures of and send around to his family members and explain to them like how they how they came to be in the family who who built them or where the furniture came from or you know whatever he's going to be he's going to be sending out that those emails to his family members of the family antiques that he has he's going to do that and he's also going to um keep going through all the, the family archives of, of photos that he has. And he will tell me relatives by names. Um, and, and I've heard all of this many, many a time, but I've never heard it referred to as part of his 30-year plan of doing just, just trying to do good in the world, which is how he kept framing it. So he's going he's gonna to work out the family archives of photos that he's been collecting and that everybody has kind of dumped onto him because I don't think anybody else gives a shit but him. And he's going to keep send emailing copies of, of those photos so, uh, so the future generations have them, have them all in email. So, um, you know, all Doug wants to do is good things for the world. And he, uh, Doug also usually likes to have, have a drift, drifter live with him. Well, last year it wasn't a, a drifter so much as it was a, a man who had left his wife and had custody of his son some of the time while he was trying to get back on his feet and go through a divorce. Now, I really think the guy's a drifter. I don't know much else because I haven't seen Doug for like a couple of months now because I just, I don't, I don't go out to eat. I got no money, but I did yesterday. But But all I know is that that this guy is going to, he's random, and he's going to pay his rent up front, and then he's going to do work for Doug at the house that the Doug is going to pay him for. 
so that way it's very cut and dry who who owes what to who and and all that fi- financially and and Doug really thinks that the guy is going to be very happy to to see that that not only will he be getting all of his rent money back but he'll be getting more money on top of that so so really like it's a it's a very very good idea it's he's helping this guy out and and I kind of think that I don't know Doug might not realize that his 30 year plan of of living in the past and being organized uh, might might really just be coming to a murderous end. I don't know. I don't know about that there for Doug. So there, there's Doug. Maybe that, maybe that puts all of our midlife crisis in perspectives. I don't know. All I can say there, my little butter bean, my little butter bean Sanchez. When I was 37, I was physically so fucked up that I felt like I was 80. And like I really had no reason to hope for anything, and uh, and of course more adventures happened, more disasters happened, more adventures happened, and it kind of just keeps going back and forth and back and forth. Um, this is going to sound corny, but I don't fucking care. Doug's going to get his gardening gear this year. Um, relationships oh my god this sounds so queen i can't believe i fucking wrote this down fucking hit me in the face with the dildo please um but the, like like everybody talks about the fact that relationships have ebbs and flows and and our our work but that's kind of like that with ourselves too like we we have a relationship with ourselves, kind of don't we don't we or with with the beer some of us have relationships with beer um, I have relationships with chips and photos um, and music and th- uh, so many things. Um, but it's, it's, that's, you kind of got to, it's kind of how it is. Like, like we go up and down too. We go up and down too. And we have to sort it out. And it's a, it's a fucking pain in the ass. But the alternative is to be like Doug with plastic bed sheets, a broken wrist, a lonely soul, and a 30-year plan of better living through archiving. His whole future is built on the past. And that's not good. That's, that's a waste. That's a 30-year waste. That's, I digress. So what am I saying? I don't know. I'm not really saying much of anything, except that it's exciting that you're going to have time alone. I don't remember how much time it is because I'm a selfish asshole with a short-term memory too lazy to rewind the segment. But you have some time alone, my friend, and you are going to have to fucking maximize on it. Because I know when I was married, I never had time alone unless I went out of the house and traveled. And so it's, it's going to be heavenly. So here are a few suggestions that I've got. Um, only have fancy food and desserts and snacks around. The only... Like, like you're the king. Only have the kind of things that you would never be able to have with, with the wife and kids around because either they'd eat it all or they'd shame you for it or whatever. But make it, like, good stuff. Don't just get, like, I'm going to get the most disgusting pork rinds. Like, no, get, get some, like, good shit that you would feel guilty about spending the money on because it's so fancy nice when really your kid's just eating Reese's peanut butter cups. Fuck your kid and his Reese's peanut butter cups. This is about you and your dessert choices. Okay, got that out of the way. So 
you also, before you get all your food, first thing you need to be doing between now and then is you need to be jotting down any of those, oh, I'd love, if, if only I were alone and had time, I would go do this, or I would go see that, or I would go hang out and visit so-and-so, or I would explore blah, blah, blah. You, like, write all those shits down. Those shits are not a to-do list. That, that's not a to-do list. Those are just things you're writing down because they're options. Options are so much better than to-dos. And with that list of options, if you've got four or five days alone, do at least two of those options. You can try to do three of them if you want to go totally bonkers, but you also are going to be chilling during this time. So just make sure you do at least a couple of them so you're like, hooray, I did those things. But not so, oh, my God, I'm so exhausted trying to do all those things because it's not a to-do list. It, they are options. Options. Going to get that gardening gear this year. Okay, the other thing, no booze. No booze. No booze. We know it's not your friend. It's really nobody's friend if we get right down to it. But what I might suggest if you want to get a little bit of a buzz on is maybe get a gram of weed and a little pipe and fancy pastry and a nice visual movie or series to watch and just sit sit and enjoy that little kind of, you know, adult time. You know, rub yourself raw. Masturbate while high. Why not? It's fun. Do some, that's right, I just said masturbate while high, it's fun, because it is. Um, I mean, it's fun not high, too. I'm, I'm just saying it gives you an, an extra dimension to play with, so to speak. Also do something completely ridiculous, as if maybe that suggestion wasn't ridiculous. I don't think it is, but this suggestion might seem ridiculous, which is do something ridiculous. Like, dress up in Sarah's clothes and give yourself a, make give yourself a makeover. And take photos, please. Oh, God, please do that, please. Um, basically, just just... Don't do anything that you already do all the fucking time. Just take a fucking week off from your routine. This is, this is your, like, so what if you've got to work? Fuck it. Just even like whatever rando shit you can do, like bring a fancy lunch to work that day. Just everything, try to make it as different as, as possible. Because you learn a lot when things, when you sh shake things up and, too often, things shake up because of a fucking crisis, and that sucks. This is a chance for you to kind of, like, shake that little snow globe of your of your life and, like, play around with it and, like, make it look like whatever the fuck you want for those few days. And that might kind of give you a little bit of momentum for, for a 30-year plan that's going to be a fuck ton better than, than Doug's. Or not. I don't know. A couple of other things. Uh, I want to Skype my punk rock story with you sometime. Yep, putting it out there so that way we make it happen. And if you want to Skype another uh, another mental segment, I'm totally down for that. Um, and then the last thing I'm going to say, hang on, sip of water. Okay, we're going to go full circle, in deep. God damn it, I think Millie just shat again in the cat box. God damn it. God damn it, kitty. Okay, so here's the last thing. So like I said, when I was around your age... Um, whew, it was, it was some dark, dark, awful end times. I'll, I'll tell you what for. And then, like I said, I got to have s 
it's like all sorts of awesome things happen. And that's just kind of how it is. And you just, you never know when opportunity presents itself or whatever. So what I'm going to say is, I know it can't happen this year because it's June 1st through 5th, the Bridgetown Comedy Festival here in Portland, Oregon, where I'm going to go again. I don't care what I have to sell to be able to afford to go there. I'm fucking going. But here's what I'm saying to you in the future. This festival's been going on for a fuck long time. And if you can put up with the fact that I've got a cat that shits in a cat box inside my shabby apartment, um, now she's running and yelping and distracting me, um, and just this offer extends only to you, no, no other loved ones, family or friends. Um, but if any future Bridgetown Comedy Festival, if you want to come out and attend it with me, you that door is always open to you. You will hate me so much in person. Oh my god, you'll hate me. Um, you'd be grossed out by some of my taxidermy, but you know what? I've I've had uh vegetarians and vegans stay with me and I've actually hidden things that I knew would disturb them. Like I'm I'm surprisingly not an asshole. Um I'm really boring, but and and I'm insulting to strangers, but in general I'm kind of not an asshole. So so there's that. Just know that that is an adventure that is always there for you. And um I don't do that for most people. Um but, you know, what the fuck? Why not? You, you gave me the gift of life and you told me which grippies to, to put on the, the bottoms of my boots so I could walk on the ice back there in Richmond, Virginia when I wanted to blow my brains out. And, uh, and I remember things like that. All right, bye. Okay, thanks, Rose. All right, let's talk it out. Let's talk it out. You had a, a lot of things to cover in that segment. Number one, Doug is an asshole. You covered that already. He is, I concur. Doug is an asshole. Doug also... Because he's been getting up to pee in the middle of the night, I'm going to venture a guess that Doug will not ever live 30 years because Doug has prostate cancer. Just throwing that out there. I mean, trouble peeing, getting up in the middle of the night. It's not looking good for Doug, okay? So I'm going to cross out prostate cancer. Maybe you can pass that along. I'm not a doctor, but someone needs to stick their fingers in his poop chute and see what's going on in there because something's not right. Something's not right. Uh, a Skype session. Yes, I would like to do another Skype session with you. I'd like to hear some punk shit, punk stories. Okay. Uh, your your advice for what to do on my kind of vacation, but not really. Uh, we're all very good. And I I thought about all of, the, all of those things. I thought, because I've been eating stuff with mayo on it. really like mayonnaise. My kid's allergic to eggs, so I don't usually get to use it. So I've been slathering everything in mayonnaise. And uh, I've been enjoying it very much. But I haven't bought myself anything fancy. I haven't even done any grocery shopping at all. I've been eating like ramen. Yesterday I went out for wings with my friends. And uh, telling me to avoid alcohol is a very good thing to say. I don't know if it's my age or what my fucking problem is. But it seems like every time I drink, like yesterday I had three pints of beer, which you're probably thinking that's excessive. Except they were Bud Light, which is basically just beer flavored water it's just very plain and the reason I was drinking Bud Light is because I like a plain kind of weak beer and I dump a bunch of Clamato juice in it and that makes me happy plus I don't get super drunk but I feel like I've had a beer you know what I mean so 
I get home from Wings and I'm like all of a sudden really woozy, really tired. So I go and lay down and then I wake up at like 11 o'clock and I cannot fall back asleep because my head's pounding. I feel nauseous. I, I'm just not right. So I'm up from like, I don't know, 11 till 2. And then I finally fall back asleep. I It just, it was awful and nothing about it was any fun. I mean, the drinking was fun, but the aftermath is just, oh, it's just not, not worth it. And I forgot weed. I for fucking got to find weed. Who do I even know that even would even know where to get weed? No one. I have no, I don't know anyone. Fuck. I really wanted to try that. Just a little bit of weed by myself. Watch the Golden Girls. It was my dream. It's always been my dream and I fucking squandered it. I'll never get this opportunity again, ever. Fuck. I should have played this segment sooner. If I had recorded this show on Monday, like I should have, I wouldn't, this wouldn't have been an issue. I'm such a fucking loser. Uh, the Bridgetown Comedy Fest, there is no fucking way that I'm going to be allowed to go on a vacation to Portland and not bring my family. There's no way. And even if there was a way to bring my family to stay in a hotel or whatever, uh, I guess it's possible. It's, it's possible, but I don't know that Portland is on Sarah's radar for a fun place to visit, but it's sure as fuck is in mine. Like I, it looks like so much fun. There's, I want to go to Voodoo Donuts on You Gotta Eat Here. Every second episode is something delicious being made in Portland. I just, maybe, let's put a maybe on that. I'd love to go to this comedy festival with you. It'd be so much fun. And I'm also, I am very obnoxious in person, very obnoxious and hideous. So you think I'm not going to like you in person? You got another thing coming. Okay. What have I been doing? That's a great question. I've been doing nothing. I've been doing nothing. Uh, I went out yesterday, which ended up making me feel quite ill. And uh, Tuesday, or, or was it when? No, it was Monday. Monday, I slept in until 7.30. I accidentally, because, no, it must have been Tuesday. You know what happened? It was Tuesday, because Monday, I set my alarm to repeat Monday through Friday. So when I turned my alarm off, I assumed it was going to repeat Monday through Friday when in fact it just completely shut off. So Tuesday morning, I'm like, ah, oh, it's awful sunny out for six in the morning. Wait a minute. And then I look at my phone at 7.30. Do you know what time I start work? 7.45. And it's about a 15 minute drive from here. Luckily, no one, you know what's weird about my work? No one cares if you start late. But if you start early, you're in big trouble, which is so fucking stupid. But they didn't care. I got to work. Nobody even knew I wasn't there on time. It didn't even matter. So silly. So that was very exciting for me. This is so fucking boring. Okay. I wish I, wish I would have got more fancy foods. Maybe I can still buy myself a steak or something. I have a steak on the barbecue. Anyway, who cares? Thanks, Rose. Great segment. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Rose is, if I caught her into it, she might want to do a show on this feed as well as Electric Gary and Dory. Like, not all three of them together, but, you know, Rose gets her own show. Because why the hell not? She's got interesting things to say. Why bottle that all up, I say? So we'll be working on that. Uh, okay, that's about it for me. I think that's a pretty long fucking show. Uh, I'd really like to get Sarah back on here and just kind of do a quick update from her point of view. Uh, what it's like to tote that belly around. Because she's finally got a little belly. She's so cute. She's so cute. I'm just... I'm, I'm kind of getting nervous about the delivery, which is stupid because I'm not really going to be doing anything. I'm just going to be there to coach and encourage and, you know, try to try to help her through it. 
but I'm nervous about that. I mean, when I was giving birth, I was very adamant that I wanted a doula. I, I knew I wanted one. It was not a question, but Sarah's like a private. Okay, here, we're so different. This is how different we are. When I conceived Malcolm, I took a picture of my legs in the air, basically telling everyone that I had semen in my vagina and this is what I was doing right now, which is so gross. I'm not that person anymore. And I've since deleted that picture, but that's who I am. Like in essence, that's exactly who I am. I am too much information Sanchez. That's who I am. Sarah, on the other hand, you think she's posted on Facebook anything about this pregnancy? Nope. She's, she's what humanity should be. Like, why are you putting this shit all out there to get likes and, and shit from people you, you don't even really know anymore? I don't know. I, I admire her for that. But she's... We're just two different people. So in this situation, with her having the baby, I said, do you want to get a doula? Maybe we should get a doula. Maybe we could see if the doula I had was free. And she's not at all interested in a doula. She said she doesn't want a stranger there. She wants to experience it with me. And uh, I understand that. I mean, a lot of people don't get doulas. But I, for when I was delivering, I enjoyed having that doula there because I didn't want to lean on Sarah too hard. It's, I imagine it's exhausting being there to help and console and massage. I remember when the doula first came over, she was showing us different things that we could do to kind of ease the pain naturally without taking pain medications during labor. So one of the things she did was she sat behind me. Like, I think I was on a rubber ball, like when, one of those. No, I wasn't. Maybe I was just on a chair. I can't remember. I was sitting on something and the doula came behind me and was like rubbing the tops of my thighs, like from my hip down to my knee and back up again. And after the doula left, uh, I admitted to Sarah that I had become aroused by that and it made me uncomfortable and uh, it was it was weird because it's like, uh, I, I just wish I could have seen my face because I'm sure my eyes were all bugged out and I was looking side to side like, what the fuck is going on here? This is weird. And then when it came time to be in the delivery room, this is when I'm sitting on one of those rubber balls. And I wasn't wearing any panties, Vicky. There were no panties. It's just me and my meaty labia and that yoga ball. Vicky. Anyway, uh, so the doula, so we're now in the room and uh, the doula's finally arrived and everything. Oh, if only I knew, I wish I knew then that it was going to be another 20 hours before they finally fucking had mercy on me and cut me open. But the doula gets there. She's kind of assessing the situation and she comes behind me and she starts rubbing my thighs again. <laughs> And the look on Sarah's face, because I looked at her and I'm like, uh, like deer in a headlight. And Sarah was just had one of those, I'm going to fucking punch that bitch in the mouth faces on. It was so funny because she was a little bit jealous because she knew it kind of like gave me a lady boner the last time. Oh God. What? I don't know what that has to do with anything, but the point being, she just doesn't want a fucking doula. And I don't know. Part of me feels like being the, the sole support for a woman and doing a good job, I'm, I'm worried I won't be able to do it. Like, I know, I think I can, I think I can do it. I think I can help her, but part of me feels insecure about it. Like, what if I'm a failure? What if I'm not as a natural and nurturer as like this part of my brain thinks I am? Like, what if I fail her? 
that's I'm worried. I'm anxious about it. And then like, fuck, when we start talking about that baby actually getting out of there, like, let's pretend it's out. Like now I'm just as useless as a dad. Like, what do I fucking do? What do I do with it? What do you do with this baby now? I can't feed it. Uh, anyway, whatever. It's fine. It's going to be fine. Somehow it's going to be fine. I really think this is a really cute baby in there though. Like I, some babies are really hideously ugly, but not this baby. This baby that's cooking in there is going to be gorgeous. I have, I just have a feeling it's going to be like a Gerber baby or it'll be hideous and I'll never really tell you about it. You're not supposed to say babies are ugly, but some babies are ugly. Okay, dude. Yeah, I was not, I was not a cute kid. I'm not a cute adult, but I was especially not a cute kid. Like, like imagine this face on a kid. That's what it is. It's like this face on a newborn. It's a, ugh, not pretty. Okay. Oh, selfies. Okay. All right. Rose mentioned selfies. And when we were in France or France, uh, there, like in Paris, you know, by all these monuments and shit, there were just so, so many people taking selfies. And I feel like selfies for someone under 25, I can make an excuse for them. Like they're annoying. They're obnoxious. Like wrap it up. Why do you need like, and it's not even like they're like, some of them weren't even with other people. They were with themselves making these stupid fucking duck faces in front of all these monuments. And there was this one woman, I took a mental note of her because I found her revolting. She was 40 plus standing in front of the Eiffel tower, like far enough away so you can get the whole thing behind you. And I get that. I understand why you'd want a picture of yourself in front of the Eiffel Tower. It's a cool thing to have. And I understand that. What I don't fucking understand is we walked, Sarah and I and Malcolm was in the buggy or the pram, if you were, uh, we're walking around, we got lost. This, I, we passed this woman snapping selfies of herself. Was that redundant? Selfies of herself? Yeah. That's something that old ladies say. Okay. Let's just try this again. I walk by her and I took a mental note because in my brain, I'm like, how the fuck is she walking around in those heels? And why is she wearing snake skinned tights? What the fuck is going on here? Keep in mind, I'm morbidly obese. Okay. And I think I'm wearing a Keith and the girl t-shirt and some mom jeans. So I am in no place to place judgment on her, but I just, it seemed impractical. I, I just, I didn't know how to compute it. So I took a note of her and I'm just like, oh, and you're taking selfies. Like, fuck, you're just, you're old. Like just, just be old. You, you can, it's okay to just be old. You don't have to be fucking Samantha from Sex in the City. Like just let it happen. That's what I'm doing. I'm not fighting it. I'm wearing my fucking mom jeans. I'm wearing my blue runners with pink highlights. Like I'm, do, I'm doing these things. I'm just, I'm being old and I'm reveling in it. So we walk by her and then we get lost. And like five, six, seven minutes later, we come back up the same ramp and guess who's still there? Fucking stiletto heels, snake skin tights, still there. How many fucking pictures can you take in six minutes? Like a thousand? And she's just making all the, she's just like making love to the camera. She's just puckering her lips. And then like, you know, some of them I saw, she was kind of like looking at the corner, like pretending she wasn't looking at the camera. She was just, she was just giving blue steel to the bushes so that when she took the picture, she was like slightly unaware that her arm was extended, pushing the camera button to take the photos. She's just looking in the distance. 
Oh, is someone taking a photo of me? I'm not even sure. Except I'm the one taking the photo. Okay. Bring it down a notch. Bring it down a notch. And if I had a fucking dollar for every motherfucking selfie stick I saw in Paris, I'd probably have $1,000. And I just don't get it. Selfie sticks are fucking awful. They're just awful. But my favorite, okay, one, next to the guy, okay, I don't want to tell that story. I'm going to tell another story. I'm going to tell another story. My favorite moment in the entire trip to France, okay, that's kind of an exaggeration. My favorite no moment on this particular day in France was we were in the Louvre. <clears throat> I, I, I don't speak French, okay? Louvre, you may have heard of it, Okay. We're in there and there's, a, did I tell this fucking story already? I can't remember. I'll tell it again. It'll be fast. There's a woman in there. They have this one, like lots of paintings, famous, famous, famous paintings. Did I tell you guys that Sarah's mom thinks I look like the Mona Lisa? She's not wrong. I have a fat face and a huge forehead. And I always thought that the Mona Lisa was, um, who the fuck painted the Mona Lisa? Oh, I can't remember right now. Van Gogh? Was it Van Gogh? Shit. No, it wasn't. Hang on. I'm going to check. Can I remember that? I did get an education. I've got my grade 12. Hold on. Shame on me. Shame on me. I'm fucking Italian and everything. It was fucking Da Vinci. Ugh, idiot. So I always thought that uh, it was Da Vinci in drag. I think I saw that on one of those fucking Dateline or whatever. Um shows but maybe it's not i don't know so she thinks i look like the mona lisa and she's not wrong okay so we're in there we we looked at the mona lisa her eyes really do follow you around the room my one regret is not taking a picture of malcolm with the mona lisa but i think he'll go there again but it would have been it would have been nice but i was just so sick of people taking photos i just wanted to live the moment which also sounds fucking cheesy and cliche anyway i wish i had taken a picture of him with it but i didn't but I can take a picture with him anytime I want. It's pretty much the same thing, really. So we're walking through the Louvre. And there's this one really famous painting. I don't know who painted it. It's like the Virgin Mary. And then there's uh, John the Apostle and Jesus as little babies. And uh, God, they really, they're really good at drawing little foreskins and little pee holes. It's very, very precise, very accurate. Someone's whole fucking career is drawing foreskins and pee holes in these fucking paintings. So there, we're standing there and we're, you know, taking it in. We've got the audio tour guide. You basically download an app on your phone and then you listen to it and you just decide where you're going to go. It's just impossible to go to everything. So you kind of pick and choose, I guess, what you're interested in or they have a suggested things you have to see. So we're standing there looking at this painting and this woman... Again, another 40, 45-year-old woman is standing in front of this famous piece of art. She unfurls, like, um, undoes her selfie stick to its full length, gets it adjusted, starts her duck face, and very, like, tries to seduce the camera. And the security guard comes over to her. He gets into her face, and he says, no, and waves his finger in her face, no. And she's like, what? Oh, my God. And he's like, mm -mm, no. And he's like motioning for her to stop with the selfie stick because they're not allowed. Selfie sticks are not allowed in the Louvre. Isn't that the best fucking news you've ever heard? And watch, I, I, I stared at this woman getting in shit 
Oh, I openly stared at her. I didn't try to hide it. I'm just, I am staring this fucking woman down. And she puts it down and she doesn't even look ashamed of herself. She just shakes her head and like rolls her eyes like, uh, what a tool. It's like, no, the tool is you, you fucking bitch. You're the tool. You're 45, man. Why are you ever making that fucking face? Never mind trying to capture it in front of a beautiful work of foreskin and pee holes, you stupid cunt. Oh, I loved it. I relived that moment constantly because it's like, yeah, grab a fucking clue. You're menopausal. Don't have a selfie stick. Have some fucking selfie respect, okay? You fucking douche. Just stop. Just stop. You don't need to take a picture of your stupid fucking face in front of all these famous works of art. You know what's going to make Da Vinci better? You. Your fucking stupid face. That's what you think, right? That's what you think. Shame on you. Fucking shame on you. You're a goddamn adult. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no need for that. There's no need for that. Okay, that's enough. I'm sorry. Holy fuck, this is a long show. Uh, okay, if you need me, Sandra D. Sanchez, Facebook. I'm on Twitter. You can find me, friend me, follow me, fuck me. Whoa, Vicky. This is getting weird. I don't know why. Subconsciously, I'm putting shit out there for you. I don't, I don't know what's happening. I do like blondes. Okay. If you need me, find me there. Changeofaddress69 at gmail.com. If you want to send in one segment, all about all the segments you're going to send, and then never send any other segments. Okay. That's what I need you to do. That's what everyone else has done, except for Brit and Rose at this point. Oh, and Rainbow. I have a new one of Rainbow and Lisa, but I'm going to hoard it. I'm going to save it for the next show, whenever the fuck that's going to be. And it's going to be in March. Yeah, it could be in March. I could do it again in March. Yes, I'm going to be more consistent. Maybe I'll just have to do shorter shows, shows from the car, whatever, just to kind of get some content out there. Because I've made a commitment to you people, and uh, I might love you. Or at least one of you. Well, at least Vicky. Anyway, so I'm, I'm just, I'm not just, if I take a break, it's because I'm tired and uh, my wife is pregnant and my child is sucking my life force out of me. Wait until I have two kids. Oh, God help us all. Oh, Sanchez sucks when I don't sleep. Oh, stop talking about myself in the third person. Lame. Okay. What else? Leave an iTunes review, please. Could you please leave an iTunes review? Because you know what happens when I, when I get one? I feel this surge of creative energy. I'm like, wow, someone fucking gives a shit. Someone took the time to write four sentences and give me a five-star review. And I can't tell you how much that means to me. It means a lot. It means a whole hell of a lot. So if you could take the time to do that and say, hey, fatty, it's an okay podcast. I'll take that doesn't have to be complimentary. Yes, it does. Yeah, you know, I'd really appreciate it if it was. I mean, if you're going to take the time, like why take the time and leave a shitty review? Just please, it would be nice. I don't even know how else to say it. It would just be the, the gentlemanly thing to do. Okay. And if you have a selfie stick and you're upset about my opinions on selfie sticks, you're a cunt. Okay. Plain and simple. Well, okay. Let me revise that. If you're over the age of 25 and you have a selfie stick, something's wrong with you. Check yourself. Okay, you gotta go check yourself. Okay, that's it. God bless you, and I will talk to you next time. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks for being patient and waiting for a new show. I love you. I love you so much, Vicky.